I feel dirty. Record. <laughs> um, hello, friends. It's been a while. We missed you. Hello. hello. <laughs> to whom do you speak when you say that, Jules? <laughs> the people listening. Oh, not us. Oh, okay, fine. Go fuck I know you. <laughs> I give a shit about you guys. <laughs> That's that squad that they come that they've come to love. Um, so we are getting together to discuss the fifth chapter of our show and have a little bit of a Q and A. Um, before we jump into it, do you guys have anything that you want to discuss or words that you want to make from your face holes? This episode will contain spoilers. Uh, <laughs> so if this is the one you're listening to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be called Chapter 5 Recap and Q&A. If you, if you chose to listen to a recap hoping not for spoilers, like, I'm sorry, but you're <laughs> super dumb. Um, thank you for listening, but you dumb. You dumb. Um, anyone else? I just want to say, before we get into it, thank you so much for including me in this this chapter. This has been such a wonderful uh, experience so far and and i hope to continue it yeah, in chapter mm-hmm. six arcus is going to go to some dark places uh, <laughs> no more hugs oh my god are they gonna become a thunderstorm cloud oh my god arcus goes emo and then he's like <laughs> <laughs> dark and stormy the whole time getting rid of the hats and i'm trading it in for a fringe <laughs> black fringe right over no, half that, your face yeah no i was gonna say the doesn't the fringe have to be blue or something you know i think it's seen, like not emo ah, is that what that is yeah it seems <laughs> is that what they sing about with that the set sits a goddamn um i don't think yes. so <laughs> no that's exactly what they're talking about <laughs> Um, because I, I, think I still don't understand that song. We're a comparable age, but I'd like to mock you for yours. <laughs> I, I am very old. <laughs> is um, like, I don't. I don't think he's that old. I don't reckon you're that old. How old I don't. I? I don't even think you've hit the thirties yet. Have you? You're like twenty-eight, right? No, twenty-nine. Yeah. What's up? Oh. See you, old fucks in March. JD's like seven. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks like. Actually, it. that is that is overwhelmingly what I get asked. How old is other jewels? <laughs> like, actually, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's it's my birthday month, so I'm going to be 26 on the 18th of September. Oh, cute! So I've been uh, I have been 25 for season five. I remember 26, the um, the telegram just came out. There was a new thing. Oh, yeah, and you had to ride your dinosaur <laughs> into work Good every news. day. Shut up. Stop making me feel old. I know I'm older than you. Shut up. <laughs> you went to um, school and Jesus taught you the alphabet, but it was the Greek one. Why the Greek one? Because it's Aramaic, old. right? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> um before we crack on, I know Oliver's just disappeared to uh, presumably the bathroom. Um, we got a uh, an awesome review pop up yesterday on Apple Podcasts that I thought I would share with um, you guys and the listeners. Cool. Um, so, oh, Oliver's back. Um, so, uh, Mel0140. Now, I don't know if this is my wife, Mel. 
Um, <laughs> I you. Are you just about to read out like your wife giving us a review, Brad? Took her long enough to listen, does. by the way. Brad's a real catch too. I'm like, I'm like 97% certain this is like a completely different person. <laughs> um, but, so I, 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 yeah, I saw this pop up and I was like, wow, that's really cool. I'll share this. It's um, like, are you interested in a fresh and exciting take on D&D? Then this is the podcast for you. The world of Ison is unique, its history is understandable, and it feels lived in and alive. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. The audio is a bit rough in the earlier episodes, but it's worth sticking with it. Marley's Bard songs are wicked cool. Um, and the updates regarding the growant, oh, Banfor's growing rodent civilization are adorable. Uh, and tacked on at the end is Bradley, if anything happens to those mice, I will riot. So... <laughs> I get the feeling this is this listener is not yet up not to current, current chapters. <laughs> oh boy, Brad, you can have a riot on your hands because <laughs> yeah, Marley so, um, didn't rescue any mice, so that's a problem. <laughs> oh well, yeah, five out of five out of seven of the sarcastic seven um, got uh, trap stomped, mm-hmm. and then all the mice on Banfall's person at the time that uh, he did the thing that happened to him at the end of the chapter. Um, th- I, I won't actually answer that yet because that's a question that's come up from one of our listeners is, yeah. is regarding those. So, um, I mean, though, but there are a lot of mice still, like, in the kingdom, right? Like, in Banfor's kingdom. Oh, yeah. yeah. I imagine that he left a lot. I'll, I'll leave a lot of the narrative regarding the mice up to Oliver to yeah. fill in however he's fit. Um, that's his project, but um, yeah, I imagine he left a lot of mice in Stonewall, like hundreds of thousands of mice in Stonewall. Yeah, because they'll be um, breeding like crazy too. Yeah, and Marley's going to get back, and they will have taken over the whole of Stonewall. <laughs> Do you have anything to weigh in on that, Oliver? Um, are the mice generally as a civilization? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the way that I see them is is something like a like a nomadic cargo culty sort of thing. Um, they sort of found out that they can travel from place to place atop a person or thing, and as mice already do. But um, added to which, they seem to have sort of figured out basic construction and politics, which is fun. Um, Clothing. So I would expect them to undergo a population and culture explosion um, in pretty short order. Um, some sort of interlinked intelligence, perhaps a hive mind. Maybe they disappear for a while underneath Stonemore and then re-emerge as a more sort of, you know. Um, oh my god! Is this the building of rat folk and? <laughs> That's one of the things I had in mind when Jeff and Simon returned to the world is that that would be the beginning of pigeon folk and mouse folk, like humanoid, tiny. I'm just saying there could be a tiny tiny town and every town there could be a smaller town of a larger population. Mm -hmm. That's the size of a house, but 10,000 mice live there and they're pretty chill and they can do little jobs for you. And it's cute as hell. I love it. And uh, I hope I don't drop the ball on um, continuing it moving forward. Me too. Um, at least we have rain. Yeah, at least we still got rain with us. So there you go. Nothing happened to rain. <laughs> Yet. Just, just, despite a lot of things happening to the goblin that was looking after rain for a while. Mm. You can always count on rain. 
sooner or later yeah um so uh going about um recapping what happened in this chapter i figured we'll do this really quickly instead of how we've done it for previous recaps where we've gone in depth for each uh stage um so we started the chapter with uh, in a room in stonemore directly after the events of chapter three um so you guys woke up and there were some demons there in the room and they talked to you about um the surge and the the um Dreyfer, the wielder, and the dragon-blooded person called Sasha Torchwood, and the Brute Wall, and all the other things that are sort of happening in the background of Ison. And then they sort of went, oh, and then you met Swift, the cloud demon, whom you abused somewhat, <laughs> um, before he had to leave, because you guys are dicks, man! You guys are assholes! Um, and then you kind of spend a, a week or so just sort of doing what squatteth do um you uh, marley built up her little empire around the tavern around um the necro slash podicon that she then purchased and renamed what was it just craft tavern. Cra- just craft tavern. and banfor of course built his kingdom further fortifying um what ended up being uh, yeah the beginning of something um formidable then you were called out by a person called ben edwards uh, whom you fought in a town square. It was a human who was hell-bent on revenge and he was being powered by some sort of vengeance demon, which will rear its ugly head again in the future. Um, just FYI, heads up for that. Spoilers, Brad! <laughs> hey, listeners by now will know that I love re like reintroducing things that have been long forgotten. <laughs> then um, Arcus and Hodge showed up. Or more accurately, Hodge was brought back to life and whipped through various realms in doing so um and one of the things that he sort of dragged into being alongside him from another realm was this cloud demon called arcus uh, who befriended you just in time for you to go to the necro slash podicon and have uh two live shows at the kevin club (laughs) (laughs) with all those beatles puns yeah yeah exactly yeah (laughs) <laughs> there we go there's oliver he's back yeah, I just got he's it. been here oh. the whole time he just woke up on the beatles puns now he's just figuring out the beatles connection to the gavin club good yeah so oh you were <laughs> while having a drink you were dragged into some other realm by some tentacles and it turned out you were being pulled into uh, a realm of lies by um a demon of lies who had burst out of spritey mcsteen face back in uh, chapter three uh, you fought through there including murdering banfall's dad who had also been sucked in there um a week earlier um, when he <laughs> saved you, he saved your asses in the uh, killing grounds. Just I just realized the whole start of this that happened. Yeah, the whole start of this <laughs> chapter is just full of dicks that we just had to like get rid of. Like, yeah. just it's so it. many dicks. Just you're gone, you're gone. Ben, you started it all. The trend. <laughs> just wiping dicks. That's just <laughs> just a whole lot of wiping dicks. Um. You returned to to your realm, and you then got summoned by the queen to go and have a clandestine meeting with her underneath the royal keep. You met Porter, the demon frog thing, and took the yes. keeper's medallion. There was, was voice, Brad. There was voice. 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 You like totally met Porter, the demon frog. <laughs> um, 
and took the keeper's medallion beneath the royal keep where you then met her she gave you a mission of i have this thing that tells me go to the west and i think gillif is going to be reborn there go and kill it and you went okay and used your magical portally dagger thing to transport yourselves far 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 to the west right near marley's home um you then went to a village called freeworth where there were a bunch of orcs you partied you had a recreational fight which banned for lost which is rare um you were introduced we're gonna to Nio, the, the fog. <laughs> Blame the fog for that one. <laughs> Blame the fog, yep. <laughs> uh, you were introduced to Nio, the turquoise-skinned goblin who was to be your guide for sailing across the wild sea, uh, which you did, and you were attacked by a massive gargantuan megalodon shark, which shouldn't yeah. exist, but, but hmm, strange, it does exist. We should think more about that. Then on land, you came across uh, some, some big crabs, you found a dilapidated, abandoned old town, which uh, when you stayed there at night, you got attacked by three bat-like creatures, which you murdered. And Banfor ate their flesh. Is it murdering if they're a creature? Do we... Does that, does that count as I feel like it was self-defense. Yeah, yeah they were coming at us. Absolutely. I don't think it was cold-blood murder. <laughs> After fighting the bat-like creatures in the morning you um then went on uh you continued on your quest which uh, at this point you were heading southwest what towards what looked like a volcano in the distance um you had an encounter with a whole lot uh, stampede rather of furbirds which were being chased by a two-headed giant which you just sort of had a little transaction of like we're not your enemy off you go and he was like oh fucking whatever and kept going uh, and then you came across a giant chasm, which you flew over on Hodge's back, and then flying out of it was a very, very, very large bird, which, hmm, that also shouldn't exist. How curious. <laughs> I like that you dropped all these hints, Brad. We were just like, great big creature. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I was aware, this is part of the course, you know. <laughs> yeah, is this oh, not yeah, what Ison's like? <laughs> thing this big here. Just big here, I guess. Me, uh, me, dumb cloud. No think, no brain. <laughs> Just <laughs> you rested uh, outside the entrance to this volcano, uh, which, uh, and you spoke to Hadet, the God of Knowledge, through your dimension locker, and he told you all about it. And that uh, Timatanga, or this volcano, was Timatanga, an ancient dungeon which houses the rebirth place of Anfer and Gilif, the two immortal creatures that keep getting reborn over and over again. Uh, every time that they are killed um, one of which Gillif wants to be reborn as a dragon uh, he also told you that this is quite possible now because the brute wall the thing that's been keeping dragons out of the world for many thousands of years is now down it has fallen and shit has returned to the world hence the shark and the bird and many other things that you discovered later on you went through this dungeon room by room encountering various challenges and puzzles and lightning and traps and things banfor lost some of his mice in a uh, in a trap you met a giant spider called steven you crumped erotically for him uh, <laughs> i missed steven already it was sad he couldn't join us at the end yeah he could have if Marley rolled better animal handling, but he wasn't into it. Or if Marley uh, wanted to spend another spell slot to talk. Yeah, yeah, I was a bit worried about what we might 
find on the way through the door that I might regret spending the spell slot for. <laughs> Who knows what could have happened. <laughs> yeah. You might have had a different ending. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> And what you did find uh, was um, 12 doors that you had to pick, basically pick the right one because all the wrong ones uh, hurt you a lot. Um, you so eventually we got found the right one. hurt a lot, yep. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got hurt a lot. Then you met a uh, rocky bird magma type demon called Litkites. Uh, it is a demon of Crover. It works for Crover. It's a power demon, but it hates Crover. It thinks Crover is a dick and is going to periodically pop in from time to time to help you out with little pockets of power, um, which will sometimes come in the form of complete level-ups if the power is big enough. So just uh, keep your ears and eyes peeled for that, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. And other... Um, and non-binary. That's what the words yep. you were looking for. <laughs> yep. On... All types of folks and non-binary cowpokes. Yeehaw. Um, then, so I'm making up my own now. Going down um, a, a tunnel, you eventually heard the voice of the young wielder, Drafer, who's who's sort of responsible for you being here. Uh, him having told the queen to talk to you. And you hear him sort of pleading for the life of his father um, to some creature, saying, you know, tell me where my father is, I need to save him, I did what you asked, that sort of thing. And then he portaled away and you found Gilliff, reborn as a red dragon. She was camped on a um, lava-surrounded island in the heart of a volcano. Uh, you fought her, which Arcus sort of spearheaded that with the lightning staff. They got things underway, and um, many eventful things happened in the fight, including Banfor doing lots of grappling uh, and riding the dragon as it flew in the air. Marley got the killing shot by lying on the ground underneath it, firing her crossbow <laughs> straight up, um, having lavery blood rained upon her. Uh, Worth and it. Banfor, in order to save Marley from being squished by this large dragon body, Banfor used his blood puppet curse to ride it towards Arcus. Uh, but then dropped it in the moat at the last second. And then in the aftermath of that, um, Banfor approached the golden pool, which was in the center of this island. Uh, and as soon as he touched it, he was immediately in his mind transported to the realm of Crover, the god of power. Um, they had a brief confrontation in which Banfor was given a choice of um, you can either die and your body will just disappear and you will disappear and you just won't be anymore, or you can return but you will be my slave. Uh, Banfor made the very Banfor decision of uh, don't tell me what to do, I'm going to do nothing. And he just sat. Um, which surprised the ever-living fuck out of me. <laughs> I was not prepared for that decision. So I offered you A and B and you chose C. And uh, that's kind of where we left it for Banfor. Banfor is now just sort of eternally sitting in front of the God of Power until he decides one way or the other I'm going to die or I'm going to return and be a servant. Marley and Arcus and Hodge fled the mouth of the volcano and when they burst up into the fresh air they noticed that all hell was breaking loose. Um, giant creatures in the land, giant creatures in the water, giant creatures in the air. Shit is fucked. And that's chapter five. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's about to go down. Yeah. Um, it has been going down and we'll continue to do that. <laughs> I like that I'm writing so, notes now. I'm writing notes now, not in the session a few weeks ago, but now. Because <laughs> in the session a few weeks ago, I was really upset and then I forgot to write anything. And then I looked at my notebook later and I went, I have no idea what happened. 
Like, all I know is what happened, like, you know, at the end of it. But I have no idea what happened in the whole rest of that session. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to jump to the questions. Do any of you have any questions about um, any of that before we move on? Mm, no. No, I think <laughs> because we kind of had that opportunity to talk about it after the episode, like what happened yeah. to Banff and stuff, that was quite good to be able to, like, in the emotion, in the heat of the emotion, talk that through. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I have okay. any questions about that. I have lots of questions for characters, but I feel like I want to do that in the show. So when I right. come across them again, you know, like Drafer and I have, we need to have some words, man. <laughs> You'll have your opportunity. Yeah. Um, okay. In that case, I'll crack on to some of the questions that we got from listeners. Um, I already alluded to this one earlier. Um, this is from Sam Malcolm, longtime Patreon supporter and friend of the show, and also plays Ferritor in the Gigantic Adventures of Jeff and Simon podcast. So if, uh, anyone who has listened to that will know Sam Malcolm very well. So Sam says, when Banfor decided to stay in the realm of Crover and his body in the material realm disappeared, what happened to his mice? Are they in some forgotten realm, or did they get spat out somewhere else, like the Jeff and Simon universe, as a way of balancing out? So what I had initially planned for the mice, since I had the A and B decision of Banfor either dies or he returns um, as a slave, um, was that his body in either of those scenarios would stay in the material realm, so nothing would happen to the mice. So, so if he chose to die... Basically, his body would have just flumped to the ground, but the mice would still be there. But because he decided to stay, I was like, I have to think on my feet, and he just disappeared. So he's just not there anymore. But I also established when talking to Oliver, when he went to um, have a conference with his mice, that no other living beings joined him. So they had to end up somewhere. Uh, and I decided that they did, in fact, end up in the Jeff and Simon universe, which is the, we've called it the realm of nature. We haven't given it any other... Uh, name but so what has happened is all the mice that were on Banfall's person have in fact ended up in that that world the realm of nature um, none of them will know any of the local customs or anything so that uh, is potential for a bit of fun in that world very cute very cute um, uh, Monty who uh, listeners will know as well as Dane Sabrak from one of the chapter four stories and as well as just joining us um, in Chapter 3 as a helper, has asked, so this is for JD, how has JD found playing with the crew, and how has JD found <laughs> balancing a Cloud Demon character with the world? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I think, uh, hopefully, obviously, I've really enjoyed doing this with you guys. It's been really fun. I haven't been able to, like, on a surface level, I haven't been able to be, like, consistently playing one D&D campaign for a while. I've been, like doing a lot of one shots mm -hmm. um for the past like seven years of my life uh <laughs> that was fair um, cool, yeah well no i mean probably for the last seven years i've done a bunch of one shots i used to do a lot more campaigning but like you know i've been doing it since i was like 10 because my family are a bunch of nerds nice. um so it was really nice <laughs> yeah really nice to have a a consistent like uh, a storyline to come back to and um i always enjoyed the the conversations and the directions that we'd go um i think oliver particularly you're such a 
wild card. <laughs> I have no idea. Right? I have no idea what you're gonna do next. And and, and then- I really I <laughs> <laughs> I really adore Marley in the universe as well. I think she's a, a great character and um, is, does a good, I think you do a good job, Jules, of driving the story forward. Um, and I really love your DMing, Brad. I think you're an excellent DM and I love the voices that you do. And I like that you let us fuck around. <laughs> I'm glad you said around. Yeah, no. Yeah. Very I'm pregnant glad you almost pregnant uh no 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 i i like you know <laughs> when we were doing the live show and um i was like i'm a cloud demon can i just like phase through the bars <laughs> of the puzzle that you'd given me <laughs> and the fact you let me roll for it and get it <laughs> i listened to the episode again because i was listening i can't remember why i was listening and that was like one of the funniest parts of the episode was just being like, but like buzz, am I right? Like, do I have to go back in to get the key when I'm already outside? Like, I was dying. Truly a great, a game breaking mechanic. Um, oh, I'm so very yeah. glad you let me do it because it was very funny. Uh, wait, what was the second part of that question? There were two parts, uh, right? Yes, it's how have you found balancing a cloud demon as a as a character in the world? Right. Well, he's uh, the the cloud demon part is definitely something I've never done. <laughs> um, it's been really interesting. It's been fun being able to like, uh, like I said, with the um, phasing through the bars and stuff, it's been fun to work with you to see what's feasible for the character or not. Mm. Yeah. Such a wholesome yeah. answer. It's just... <laughs> Such an Arcus answer. Uh, just a little bit of love and then for I everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, Monty also asks, what's the biggest DM oh fuck moment of the chapter? Um, and yeah, I, I'm going to go and say that for me, it's definitely Oliver's choice at the end. That, oh, <laughs> like, I, like I just said, like I was so prepared because Oliver told me when, when he you know, revealed that, you know, he, he'll need to be leaving the show soon, which um, yeah, we'll get into also for the listeners, like why you're leaving the show and, and what you're doing as well. There's a lot of confusion um, around that and the discord a lot. <laughs> so we need well, to clear well, that up. <laughs> we'll we'll clear that up. But basically as soon as, as soon as Oliver, you know, was like, well, you know, we need to start wrapping band four up a little bit, like, and, and told me that he had this idea that, you know, narratively it'd be quite satisfying if it ended with band four, losing in a fight to marley like that's kind of like they've been bickering they've been at each other's throats a little bit on and off since day one it makes really good narrative sense for that to happen and i thought us you're thinking how can i make this happen so then i came up with that whole he gets a choice he's definitely going to go back as a servant and have a fight with marley and lose the fight that's definitely the choice he's going to make 100 i had planned for that choice i was like (laughs) die he won't want to die he'll definitely choose option b and then he chose neither, and I was like, oh, fuck. So to answer Monty's question, my oh, fuck moment was literally me going, oh, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> and let's face it, it was always going to be a ban for oh, fuck moment because there are so mm. many of them. That's why when I said in the last episode, you've taught me the most about gaming, that's what I mean. Like mm. when I have to watch you do and I'm like, I'm like Jules is laughing hysterically about it. 
trying to think what Marley would be doing. Marley would probably be annoyed in some kind of way. And then also thinking, the fuck could I do if one of my players did that to me? I don't know. And then having to watch Brad figure it out. Yeah. It's always like, like, there's always a third option. Like, like even if that third option is completely destroy yourself to no effect, there is a third (laughs) option. And if you don't want somebody to make you choose, that is your option. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, so for me, that was a very fun moment to have because it, it really threw me because like there was a, there was a big part of me that, that sort of wanted this um, you know, narrative moment where these things come to a head and there's like maybe some sort of godlike possession thing going on with, with power corrupting and all that sort of business. And, and narratively and, and sort of in, in the mind's eye, that's very fun and interesting. Um, it would be a fun little fight as well. But I just really found that I couldn't bring myself to it in the end. Um, I just really, really, it didn't feel like something that would have been a natural decision. It would have been um, something that I would be forced to do. Um, and um, as with sort of enacting ourselves through characters, as we spoke about in the episode, um, I find it very, very tough to be told what to do, um, particularly when there are two choices I don't like. So my response to that would be, fuck you, sit down. Um, <laughs> you can choose what to do with me, but I won't be a part of it. Yeah, so, yeah. Would you have preferred, Oliver, if I had just said, like, you meet Crover face to face and then he tells you, I'm sending you back and you will be my servant? Like, would you as a player have preferred that? Um, No, because I think one of the things that I um, appreciate most about your sort of, should we call it dungeon management style, is that um, (laughs) (laughs) there's not just the illusion of free choice, there is free choice. I mean. I, I yeah. know for a fact that if we walked away from the entire quest and went somewhere else, you'd go with it. Um, <laughs> you'd still have, have a to, massive oh fuck, yeah. but, <laughs> but um, there, there wouldn't be. No, I, I would. It would again. It would feel very. Um, it would feel like not the story that we do if there wasn't a choice in it. So I think that that's a credit to the way that you've sort of gone the yeah. way through. Yeah. I'd back. I'd back that too, Brad. I've never once felt like we have been railroaded in this entire campaign, even though sometimes I joke about it, like, you know, like, oh, we've got to go through the tunnel. Like, I know that if we decided to do something else, you would roll with us. And that that makes you a truly excellent DM. Yeah. This is meant to be about Oliver. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Let's uh, let's move on then. So um, <laughs> Brad gets I'm, uncomfortable I'm, with compliments. <laughs> sure does. That's a, that's a running theme. So I'm 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 skipping left and right, back and forward between these questions because I'm trying to find I'm trying to put them in like a good order. Um, so uh, squished, um, aka Reese, who's one of the um, one of our Patreon supporters and a frequent commenter in the Discord, um, says, "Isn't one of Banfor's friends the god of death?" So besides the fact that Banff didn't like being told what to do, couldn't he have died and then been brought back by death? Or is that outside death's abilities? Um, um, that would be a, a theological question more than anything. Yes. So, I mean, we've it has been shown already. We've established in canon that things can be brought back to life. It just takes a lot of power to do so. Hodge <laughs> being the example. But um, Hodge wasn't technically really brought back by the god of death. 
So no, he was he was brought back by that's um, what I mean, like kind of kind of by Crover because it was brought back by Wielder Magic. Yeah, um, and he was rebuilt as well, so it's not the exact same thing that came back as what went away. Um, what I had planned to do, if you had chosen to die, Oliver, is that I was going to have it so that Crover tries to like take you into his power like basically say okay you choose to die that's fine i will like grab your essence and it becomes mine but in the process of doing so you like get whipped like tugged backwards very like violently and you actually get dragged through um like several realms to end up face to face with sorghumor being like fuck that was a close one (laughs) you Mm. and i've got work to do interesting hmm and I had this whole idea of like if I wanted to leave it open, so if you ever want, if you ever found it that you were able to return to play with us again, you would have this other purpose of like getting stronger in Sorghumul's realm. You're, like you're mm. training with the God of Death mm. to become stronger, and then like you come back as a level twenty barbarian to fight some fuck some fucking shit. <laughs> mm. And like I've been I've been skull fucking bone dragons for. Th- like three years straight <laughs> i'm ready and bring it on instead so, incredibly uh, i'll probably come back if i ever do as like a level 20 monk entirely enlightened after you know how many eons <laughs> is that contemplating a god eye to eye you've achieved in a pace <laughs> I just by choosing not to do anything. I can't imagine that bad four. I think that bad four would be great, but I can't imagine what it would be like. like Dr. Manhattan type, you know, just entirely calm and just. How did you reach this level of power? I spent about 2,000 years literally sitting in front of God. Not being able to oh, make wait. a choice. Yeah. I made a God impatient. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of Doctor Strange with the um, Dormammu, I've come to make a deal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I reckon at some point he just starts whistling until it gets annoying enough for him to get kicked out. <laughs> oh, if, if anyone could annoy <laughs> a god into kicking them out, it would be Banfor or Nio. Flicking Um So to answer the question, though... Um, Sorghumul wouldn't have been able to bring him back to life, but Sorghumul would have been able to sort of shelter him for a time until something could be done. Mm. And let's skip back to a different one. So we've had Monty, we've had Reese. Um, so Alexandra Litkites, um, after whom the demon Litkites was named, uh, another Patreon supporter and someone who caught up from um, episode one through to the current episode very quickly yeah. um, and very recently. Like, some people listen to the show and just binge the ever-loving fuck out of it. We've got 120 episodes out there, and some people just devour them. I always get sad when people start messaging us on Twitter about Trestlespoon again, and I'm like, oh, I love you, but, (laughs) like, this hurts to watch you have to go. And then you get the tweet, like, however long later with, like, ah! And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... So yeah, there's a there's a lot of questions here from Alexandra. So we'll try and barrel through them. Um, with Oliver slash Banfor gone, do you plan to play with just Jules and Jules? Good question, yes Brad. and no. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes and no. I mean, I like the dynamic. It'll be interesting to see what it's like without Oliver as that sort of third leg on the tripod. <laughs> do you just call me a dick? 
<laughs> it's all about wiping dicks, bro. So, so when it was just Jules and Oliver, the the dynamic was drastically different from when Josh was here as well. Yeah. So instead of having like the three balancing each other out, it was two and the almost adversarial relationship between the two characters. But then, yeah, Arkans came along and hugged everybody. The, the whole thing changed. The whole thing changed completely. Like Arcus egged Oliver on with the with the tangents and the weird shit but at the same time whenever marley was like okay we should probably quest arcus is like yeah we should probably quest (laughs) um so it it will be interesting to not have banfor's tangents in there but i do think for 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 a little while at least we'll establish just uh marley and arcus uh, and maybe have guests join for short periods of time i i'm in no hurry to replace oliver um, I don't know that Oliver but, can be replaced. We'd yeah. just be f- finding somebody else to play with, maybe. Yeah, you those know. are some big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. And I'm not just saying that because he's a very tall fella. I'm talking <laughs> character-wise. But and yeah, I, that, also, I, th- I think there's going to be a period of mourning for Marley, definitely. Don't know about Arcus. Like, you know, you're pretty new, but I don't know, <laughs> you know? like, But there is going to be a, a, a period I- where... The only two Arcus knows about oh, the yeah. entire world. I suppose that's true. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, there's definitely going to be a moment where Mali has to figure out who she is without Bamfor anyway, and so that will probably be reflected in us playing without Oliver. You know, so yeah, yeah I don't know. It feels kind of appropriate to wait for a bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm certainly in no rush. Did you, Brad, as a DM, always plan for the Squadith to meet so many gods, or did that just come up while you were playing? That just came up while playing. In the beginning, I I had this idea that you would be very grounded in the story, and it would be a lot of, of like, based around the resistance, and you would use, like, Dantonir, perhaps, as, like, a base to go on missions and come back, and go on quests and come back. But after having met the God of Knowledge, which all sort of started to come into place because all these other story elements were happening... Mm. It felt a little bit off story-wise, meeting the God of Knowledge, traveling to a different realm, and then just doing resistance quests. Uh, and then, of course, with the fact that Hayde told you about the God Heart for Sorghumul and Trestlespoon's um, family being trapped by these um, giants, these fire giants, that gave a logical quest for you guys to actually do something much larger of he wants to recover his family and in the process you also were going to bound to meet another demon and do work for another god so it sort of organically happened even though by it was nowhere near my intention (laughs) i had no idea gods would be involved in this campaign at all this was going to be my low magic campaign (laughs) did you plan to set dragons free at some stage i did um so jules you said that i don't railroad uh and i try not to railroad campaigns and what and players actions but the the world itself was always going to have the brute will come down one way or another i wanted that to be a sort of like a the the harbinger harbinger Harbinger. the harbinger of like the next phase of play of like you've done the baby steps Mm. now it's the big kids game yeah um yeah that that was always going to happen no matter what you guys did so it was either that you go to timatunga you kill gillif and dragons are back or you hang around in stonewall do some shit and dragons are back or you go to the northeast and find some other new thing i hadn't even thought of yet and dragons are back like no matter what that was going to happen 
I think you could like if if anybody actually read the wiki at at least a year ago, I think it was pretty clear even from reading the wiki that the wall was probably going to come down. You know? I know it's oh, not yeah. it's not written on the wiki, but all the back history and all the detail and the levels around that, I was like there's something happening with that fucking wall. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. She asks, how are other stories like The Surge going? Are they being affected by dragons yet? Um, They're being affected by babies. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Craig, one of the players in The Surge campaign, has just had his first child uh, last week, I think. So congratulations, Craig. Um, All of your spare time has now been eaten. Mm -hmm. I look forward to talking to you in three years. Pretty much. But yeah, the story, there's going to be some Surge coming up on the podcast. Uh, We've recorded a few of those to have as interludes before we return to the Squadith again. Uh, and no, they haven't been affected by dragons yet. Um, but as the whole world is about to be severely affected by dragons, so every campaign, every story going on is going to get completely and royally fucked up, including a few one-shots that I want to run that are going to involve uh, some pretty, pretty powerful stuff. I think that in terms of the timeline, the surge is maybe like a week behind Aizen. Would I have that right? Uh, there is an exact timeline to the day, which I've been keeping. Just oh, nice. Because I'm that kind of nerd. Um, or, and it, I'm running, like, there's like seven or eight different stories I'm kind of keep trying to keep track of. Yeah. But um, I feel like they're so, pretty close at the moment, so. They are pretty they're, They are pretty close. So I'm just loading it now. So where we last left the surge, which will be heard on the podcast soon in the coming weeks um is on the same day of you sailing to the wild and Mm. fighting the giant shark yeah okay yeah so So, yeah that's like seven days behind nice i guessed well with a week yeah um is there chaos in other realms as well or is it just the one that got dragonized which is a great word from alexandra thank you for that i'm going to remember (laughs) that one um no the Brute Wall was just an Ison thing, just a Material Realm thing, and um, yeah. So it's these things lived in Ison a long time ago, but Ison's just forgotten about them. People don't know how to defend against them. They don't know anything about them at all. It's just introducing a, a completely unknown factor into the world. So that's kind of why everything's going to be so fucked for a long time. Uh, is Gilith gone for good now, or will she be reborn as always? Um, yes, she will just keep coming back until something is done about... Um, her boss, basically. Dick. Yep. Um, so that's all of it. Alexandra's questions. Uh, Raspberry Milkshake. I still don't know who this person is, but they're on Discord, and I I think they're in Wellington um, because they I'm pretty sure they attended our first live shows a few years ago. And they make cool um, art they, of us. They make very cool pixel art. Mm-hmm. So keep doing that, please. Um, asks when Fate of Ison eventually finishes are you planning on doing another campaign? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think it can ever finish. Like it's just going to always, there's always going to be like just a different story that happens. Um, I think eventually the squad is going to get to a point where like they've done as much as they can do, but then there's this, the world is still going to be there unless they fuck up royally. (laughs) Blow it up. Blow it up. How would you fuck up so shit- you blow up the world? Like, even if we have to play as dragons, 
because dragons is the dominant force now. We just are dragons, I guess, and then we play the game that way. <laughs> Part of the fun is finding out how we blow up the world. Well, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, that is true. Well, too. Um, <laughs> thanks to that that watch that Haydet got you to deliver to Shabs, a new technological era has been ushered in, and it's only a matter of time before Shabs invents the nuke. Oh, and then we've got a <laughs> ooze situation like Adventure Time. <laughs> More magic. Um, See, I so knew I was right the... to yell at Shabs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you were defending her. Oh, Banff was the one who was threatening to kill her. I know, but we were all no kind reason. of yelling. <laughs> and then the civilization how... will rise from the edge. the person down. What? Pardon? How little that narrows down who that person is to me. <laughs> that was the goblin inventor. Yeah, you didn't really you didn't really have too much to do with Shabs because I think that was when you were inventing drugs. Yep. I, was inventing, I was with a chemist, I think. Yeah, so yep. <laughs> so I was I was delivering that and that's when I played Simon Says with the robot. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't say Simon Says. <laughs> um that's the, list, that's the listener questions. Um, so thank you to Alexandra, Sam, Monty, uh, Squished, and Raspberry Milkshake for those. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you guys. Cool. Um, Jizzle Dizzle. I won't call you that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that they definitely narrowed <laughs> down who it is. It's definitely you. <laughs> Jizzy D, how are you? Jizzy it's D, a podcast, oh so you can't see the disgust on my face. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be called Dizzle Dizzle. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, no, it's fine. I just need to go jump into a volcano now. Uh, um, so yes, for you, uh, yes. Um, so what are what are your thoughts about Arcus uh, in relation to like trying to get home versus staying in Ison? Mm, that's an interesting question. I think Arcus is is kind of in that like OE period of their life, you know. They're just they're on an overseas exchange and they're enjoying it. They don't quite speak the language or know the customs, but it's fun and it's not home, which is the best part. Um, I definitely think they want to get home sometime, <laughs> but it's not incredibly urgent to them. Yeah. So so you you think that they'll want to stick around at least long enough to like sort of help protect people or fight all those big scary things that have arrived? Or do you think they'd be more yeah, like, I, oh, fuck this, I'm out east? <laughs> I think, I think Arcus finds it quite exciting. <laughs> like, nothing like this happens at home. Did you? <laughs> none of those more, giant things are made of clouds. Right. None of those are it, like, like there's a certain amount of safety that you have being a cloud living amongst clouds, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's all quite new and dangerous and exciting and Arcus just wants to, I think it feels a little bit like, um, like a, like a game for them because it's a different world. So almost like, like a video game. Yeah. If I die here, it doesn't really count. Like yeah. it does. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not how Arcus is processing it, you know? <laughs> like. Yeah. It's oh maybe this is just kind of like a, a weird dream or something, and let's just live. We'll see what happens. Mm. Nothing I could do right this second. 
Um, Fair enough. So did you set out to make two flower from Terry Pratchett or did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're right. That's funny. Um, I do love me some Terry Pratchett, maybe subconsciously, right? I just, that's what Arcus <laughs> reminds me of, like, you know, the the constant tourist who's sort of stumbling <laughs> through the world and things are falling behind them and they have no idea it's happening, you know, like that kind of... I hug him. <laughs> Dripping Walton. All, all you need Indeed. now is the phrase book and you're like, two flower, exactly. Right, right. Um, thankfully, we all speak similar languages unless I'm speaking like a demon. <laughs> um, Jules, with all, uh, with all hell breaking loose around Ison. Uh, and all the horrible beasties endangering pretty much everyone, do you think Marley will now finally try to reach her family? Or does she have some other plans up her sleeves first? I mean, it's a it's a good question. She always thought that she could fix it. Like, she'd put the Band-Aid on Prevent first. It. Well, like, and then, oh, uh, I made that. Okay, that's fine. I'll fix that one. And then I'll go home. And then it's like, ooh, uh, I made another problem. No, 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 it's fine. I can still fix this. You know, that's very much what she's been like. So it might get to the point now where she's like, uh, I don't know how to fix this. <laughs> this, is, this is too big. But I, I, st I, I still don't know that she would because she wouldn't want to go home a failure. She may never go home if she can't fix it. You know she's I mean? one of the most powerful creep, like, humanoids in the world at this point yeah but but I mean, marley doesn't but, think that yeah, marley okay. has never thought of herself as particularly powerful like she's met multiple gods she's got she's got a saxophone that can murder anything yeah but she's more worried about playing a good show down the pub like that's where you know like she's like that's where she, the, the, the things that matter and fixing what mistakes she just made and like trying to not let the world screw itself you know I, I i don't think that she thinks of herself as terribly powerful i just don't think she does she thought Banfor was powerful she would look at Banfor and be like yeah that guy's like got a serious like holy crap he really takes people down you know and she just gets angry and like thunder waves shit off cliffs like that's not powerful that's just like puppies yeah you can say puppies that's because that's because Bamfor is literally wrestling everything he sees. Yeah. <laughs> hard, Including his own power. demons. Yeah, it's hard, <laughs> yeah. hard to think of yourself as powerful when, like, he's just like, ah, like, just on top of a fucking bone dragon. I grapple the dragon. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And that's the normal move. Yeah. <laughs> Mali is still Soldier Mali from Dapton, still trying to follow the trying to follow the script the resistance told her that these things needed to happen she hasn't heard from the resistance so now she's just making up her own missions you know <laughs> that's a good that's a good follow-up question is do you think you would try and reconnect with anyone from the resistance yeah now that the, now that there's this other thing to resist you know do you think they they were building an army to overthrow arkvale it became irrelevant because arkvale kind of overthrew itself but now you could be like would it would marley be like hang on, resistance plus me versus all that shit, maybe that's a better shot. Yeah, I honestly think if, if she doesn't have Banfor, she'd go for help. And and she would think of that tortoise, 
what's it? What are they? Tortles. Tortles. Yeah, I got there eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she would, I can't remember his bloody name. All I remember is. Satan Creek. Yeah, that's right. Um, All I remember is the feast where we tied people's shoelaces together (laughs) and threw food across the table. (laughs) Fucking absurd. Uh, but yeah, probably. Uh, hate it first, and then maybe the resistance, and then if if all hope is lost and the world is feeling lost, then she might go home. But if there's still hope and there's still a way to fix things, I think she'd keep fighting. Okay. Well, you won't even like check in on them to be make sure they're safe, or you're just gonna assume you can help them better by fighting the big fight staying on the front lines and fighting she might yeah. she might try and send message because if she she does kind of know where they are she might send them a note to say hello i'm alive and i'm fighting you know what i mean but she wouldn't go home right well it's not cool. it's not even home like when she goes home she wants to go home and set the orchard back up again so until she can At level twenty, yeah. Until she can do that, she's not going home. Fair enough. Um, cool. And Oliver, uh, if Banfor ever comes back into the fold, if you ever um, bring him to grace our microphones and our ear holes yet again, um, how would you like that to look? Like, what kind of involvement do you think that he would, or I guess should? have in in the new world that that uh, has arisen i don't know i think it'll be dictated by how he exits the other one i mean um the the intervening period will be one in which there's potential for a huge amount of change or none whatsoever i mean does time pass more slowly or more quickly in this place does you know mm. um, yeah. so if if you if you say found yourself if if you think Banfor maybe like reappeared somewhere in the world um and you know we ascertained that it was like three weeks later or something and the world was you know and you saw chaos happening all over you all, all over you <laughs> um all <laughs> over the world all around you what do you think Banfor would do probably just pick a side and join in yeah. <laughs> fair enough does sound that's true to character yeah I'm losing i'll probably go for that one and um yeah i mean he, he it, it depends on who sort of gets in his way first um yeah yeah i like the thought and that if you happen bam four comes back there's marley and marley just goes where the fuck have you been or i at it <laughs> like like nothing <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember you. Go hit that thing. <laughs> you still got that fucking axe sword thing that was completely ridiculous and impractical because go use it over there. Pamp was like, I've been sitting in front of a god for a thousand years. How long's it been? <laughs> I saw you three weeks ago, mate. Uh... Uh, all of you, if all three of your characters died and you created new ones to pick up the Squatter's mission, what type of character would you create in the current world? In the current world, knowing what I know now? Uh, Knowing what you know as a player, like what would you create in order to play what the world has become? Uh, Probably a caster. 
battle mage type scenario. Yeah, I was going to say, does this does this mean that Sasha's dead too? Because otherwise they would just be like, well, I guess I'm playing Sasha now. Okay, no, that makes sense, yeah. Amalgamate, <laughs> consolidate down to one character. Yeah. What about you, um, JD? Uh, I, I'd like to play on as Rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A tiny mouse. And... Mouse folk. Nice. Yeah. Like a rogue yeah. or something? No. Yeah. A barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> like a monk, this tiny little mouse that like punches things <gasps> times. What if, what if, she, or like, like a druid, but turns into a human? Oh my God. <laughs> Wild shapes the other way. Well, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, Brad. Domestic shape. We're doing and that. A rat. Oh my god! I need, a I need a druid mouse that can wild shape into a human. I need it in my life so badly now. But I like the sound of that. A mouse's impression of a human's movements and speech. Yeah, which would be very- right. Trying to act all humany. I sound like a human. <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. Look at me. Touch my penis. (laughs) 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 I have no tail, and yet I walk around upright. (laughs) Whatever. I'm weird and clunky. (laughs) Stomp, stomp, stomp. It's me, humanity. I'm a predator. My eyes are in the uh, front facing, but still I eat all my food from buying it in the store. (laughs) (laughs) This is what this is what mouse stand-up comedians would do when they do impressions of people <laughs> as part of their routine. This is my type five. Always on the top one. Me. Have you ever noticed that humans will be like <laughs> What's the deal with humans? They're always not drilling uh, mouse-sized holes in the side of their houses, but putting them in their animated films. They scream when they say, Yeah, have you seen them? <laughs> they're, they're pink <laughs> sometimes and screams at me I'm looking up that dress saying lady I should be screaming <laughs> what is, what is anyway that's my time have you, you seen the size of their ears this <laughs> <laughs> is some top shelf mouse stand up oh, material God. don't waste it here <laughs> uh, oh my god <laughs> um Okay, and again, for all of you, um, you are all, at this point, very powerful adventurers, um, capable of superhuman feats, and the world has just been overrun by monstrosities. What do you think would be the next stage for the story? So we kind of covered that a little bit, but um, so like, do you have any ideas for what you think would like narratively make the most sense, or maybe just what like you would like to happen uh, as a greater story sense for, I- for your characters? Or are you kind of just waiting for me to hurl a railroad at your faces? I mean, I'm kind of waiting for that because, you know, like these things have been trapped behind a wall for forever. Uh, They're probably pretty pissed about it. But at the same time, I like the thought that like there's there's creatures behind the wall that willingly gave their life. Like, Like Sasha knowing that her parents willingly gave themselves to be trapped behind the walls to protect the world. There are probably other creatures like that that have realized that 
that also meant them and went willingly, like accepted that that was the cause to keep most of the world safe. So I'm kind of hoping we meet some of those as well, you know? Yeah. So with all the horrible things that have come back, um, yeah, other things have come back too, like Dragonborn as a race yep. are now back. They um, Kobolds are now back. Um, any like sorcerers or any like elves or humans or anyone who has dragon's blood in their veins, they're all back. So like millions of innocent people who just disappeared one day, they're all back as well as all these horrific creatures. So like the world is changing, not just by being attacked by monsters, but like social, like socially as well. There's good. There's like, there's literally millions of refugees who just have no place in this world. And that's, I'm going to have to try and factor that in somehow. Like I'm going to have to become a fucking politician or something to try and figure out how that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'm looking forward to meeting some of those and having, having like, like even if there are like quests to reunite people and like to figure out what happened and, you know, like that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that yeah, there's a lot more stories that can be told now, but I don't know if we'll have time to tell them all. But um, yeah, um, J- yeah, JD, what do you think narratively makes sense for like what the Squadeth might do now? I I think I think uh, Malu surely you'd be pretty interested in like well, we we found out what happened right because we talked to. Wait, Smiley Pants told us? Yeah, although I still want to talk to Hate It. So, like, I've got it literally yeah, so like, written in my – the only thing I wrote was talk to Hate It. <laughs> talk to Hate It. <laughs> right. So. so probably find out. And then I, I would imagine to, to a certain extent would actually probably be trying to find out if there was a way to get to Banfor narratively, even if that's not <laughs> doable with Oliver anytime soon. Um, and yeah, I guess, yeah, it's some interesting new challenges, uh, arisen from giant monsters, maybe like a Godzilla type situation. Or go to like find a populous city and just defend it from <laughs> things and use that as a yeah. <laughs> from, from the kaiju. Like, on uh, Monday, we fought this it. on Tuesday. We fought three of these. Or like, is it like Jurassic Park where we now have to try and find a place for them to be safely and for us to be safe from them? Right. If only there like was like giant Rome. island. If only there was like this giant island to the west of the main continent. That's like where, where I thought about like, it. If some of the creatures are already quite big and like hardly anyone lives there. And like, there's like a volcano. Are you talking about the frozen, like the frozen? <laughs> no, lands? Oh, okay. No, I'm talking about where you are right now, the wild. All oh, right, yeah. Totes, my goats. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so that kind of kind of sort of answers that. Gives gives me some ideas to bounce off of as well, because like I don't know if you realize that I kind of need help shaping the next part of the story, because um, now it's very open world. You don't have an immediate quest to go on I, apart from finding out what happened to Banfield. Can I also add something mm. that Jules is interested in, though Marley might not be so much? The whole yeah. the whole surge. Like, like I want to know what happens with the surge, with the wielders that wield it, with, like, I don't know, because that hasn't happened yet, right? So That's right, yeah. 
it's yeah it, it's about to happen and so what the gods are planning is to use the surge as a way to open a door directly to crover without like doing it the way banfor did yeah um mm. and so basically when the surge comes that's crover spending all almost all of his power weakening himself severely to just flood the world with power at the same time opening a doorway um so yeah the god's plan which hey will fill you in on uh, more of the specifics and i don't want to do too many spoilers no, but it's basically to use it yeah his the plan is to use the time of the surge at the exact point the surge is happening to open a door for powerful people to go in and fight the weakened crowbar yeah and, we need to find some wielders no we uh Sasha's been finding wielders, so that's Sasha's. Ah. Sasha's whole like storyline has been about finding wielders to make sure that the surge doesn't like blow up the world. Um, but in that, she's found out a lot about like what past wielders have done with the power and stuff. She found a whole underground city of like full of dwarves that this past wielder made with the power that he had after the surge. Like, and there's a whole lot of that kind of stuff that has been really interesting to find mm. out. So it's like, do we get to see what happens with the wielders, who the wielders are, what they then go on to do with the power? Like, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. They, they're going to factor in uh, as very important elements of that, like that final end, what I, what I think may or may not be the end game of opening that door to Crover, mm. like that whole thing with the surge i mean that, that's all going to play into the shape of the world yeah um, again sorry you don't have to give us any spoilers now but that's just something i am quite interested in if that helps give you like some kind of yeah. story direction yeah. as well and, and i hope others are interested in it too yeah. like, i hope that's not just um not just a very so us. Get to where grove is at just to rewind slightly will they find banfor there that that depends on if uh if you are available interesting they might. Interesting. That might be a year <laughs> from now. I don't know. Might be a group of level twenty adventurers find their way in, and holy shit, there's a band for just sitting there. Um, Brad, can I ask you a question? No. Great. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I, I I lack the ability. Um, apart from obviously the the big. Uh, for surprise at the end. Could you give us some some DM moments where we just like what what parts did you like where you didn't expect us to do things, and um, then we did it? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know what you mean. Like it's not an oh shit moment, but it's just like uh. right, yeah, not oh shit, but like a oh my fucking god, these people. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> like yeah, one, one for each. One of them for Arcus was was definitely the phasing through the um, the bars in the in the trap. I still love it. It was so like much. I was like, "You're all three of you are in individual cells, and you all have to solve an individual puzzle." And Arcus was like, "No, I'm just going to walk out." I was like, "Well, fuck me and my puzzle then." Um, I like that you just walk back in to get the key and just say pass it, and then just walk back out again because I needed your yeah. key. Yeah, so good. <laughs> that, yeah, that was a great moment and also the for arcus giving like um creating that relationship between you and rain the mouse as well and like giving it depth and you remembering that rain is there as a player and like <laughs> and, and like reincorporating her like i really liked that 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 as a dm was was really rewarding 
um, that you were doing that, that, it, that oh. it wasn't always me going, so, uh, remember rain, what's happening with rain? <laughs> like <laughs> you were kind of doing it for me, which was really cool. Um, Look, Hodge is better now I've that got... he's bigger. Okay. He's going to remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oliver, I've got a, too many things. Like almost every time <laughs> Oliver opens his mouth, I'm surprised. Um, abusing Nio to the degree that he did really like <laughs> that surprised me. I I knew he would be a dick to her. I knew he'd be a dick. I did not think he would try and murder her. Um, I'm surprised she didn't die. Honestly, I'm surprised she survived. I honestly thought that was the one that I was like because I hated Nio from the minute I met Nio. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> uh, to our Patreons, but um. Like, and I was like, oh, this is the one Marley's going to end up pissing off. Like, they're going to get in a fight. And then I'm like, oh, no, Marley's going to have to step in and save this fucking NPC yeah. again. You he- you, he- you healed her yep. while Banfall was beating the shit yep. out of her. I was like, well, okay, well, that didn't go the way I thought that was going to go. Turns out she ended up feeling sorry for Nia. <laughs> uh, every time. So good. Um, and also, yeah, when Banfor, um to to quell the hunger bestowed upon him by the Chaos Curse, he drank the blood of that bird that he was riding. Um, oh, yeah. That's, I, never would I have anticipated that, like, going into a session. I bet Banfor's going to drink some bird blood. Uh, <laughs> nope, but he did. And, um, I, I think if someone it, right? said that, though, I wouldn't bet against it. <laughs> <laughs> like True. if someone came in and was like this session vamp is gonna drink bird blood i'd be like you're right yeah cool man like there was a bird right there yeah. <laughs> see this is what you ever just looked at a bird and not drunk bird blood <laughs> but see this is what i mean by like you you this is what you were talking about with like oh i've got this choice and this choice yeah there's a third choice here you know like yeah yeah yeah, it's same with the two-headed giant. I was like, they're either gonna like flee from it or they're gonna fight it. And then you were just like, we'll just like tell it that it weird fine. <laughs> and I was like, and that worked. It just left. Anticlimactic. <laughs> I liked that we befriended the spider. <laughs> mm. Yeah, again, I wasn't sure if we were supposed to have a big showdown or whatever, but the friendship that ensued was delightful yeah that's another that's another surprising one it wasn't meant to be a big fight it's certainly like it's just a giant spider it's like challenge rating one like it's a simple thing for you big scary adventurers but like for for small like for lower level parties like that's that's still a fight and the fact that it's in darkness and things like that um it was meant to just be like "Eh, it's just an obstacle it's just a thing in a dungeon like Mm -hmm. that it doesn't not every obstacle is a big obstacle but i was like they'll, they'll spend ages fighting through these cobwebs and then they'll fight the spider <laughs> so you just burn the cobwebs and befriended the spider and there was a big fuck you brad <laughs> wasn't that the one where you had to end the session early because you were just like yeah okay well i think we're done for today <laughs> uh no no we, we we ran a full session um most of it was just it was oh, just it was you guys us. talking to Stephen. Right. It was just so much of Stephen. <laughs> Banfall was listening so to his thoughts. <laughs> I think that was the thing that shocked me most from from Jules is when she suddenly started using the Cockney accent to talk to the spider. 
And then he responded in the Cockney Because <laughs> Marley Drunk talks like this, apparently. <laughs> What's all this then? I was like, well, that's definitely how the spider's going to talk. <laughs> I had no idea where that came from. This is what happens when I drink gin and record. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> um yeah and marley uh marley i don't know marley surprised me by her attitude towards nio um a little a little bit like i nio was meant to be an annoying character like kp one of our patrons who 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 came up with nio said like i want my, i want this character to be an annoyance i want them to be so i was like i can, I, I think i can do that i think i can annoy them but Marley didn't just get like a bit annoyed. Marley like <laughs> had this visceral hatred. I was like, oh well, okay, maybe, maybe that uh, didn't work quite the way I thought it would. No, I think that was good. It was time for Marley to not be like always friendly. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It felt it and, felt and, like a natural yeah. thing. Yeah, and you also surprised me with um, Ben Edwards. How when he was giving his his villain monologue about why <laughs> he is the way that he is, and Banfor was like, like all right, mate, heard it, like don't care i expected marley to be like like really serious like these people deserve to be kept safe like i'm gonna stop you but instead you join band boy and just be like all right mate yada 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 like i'm not even listening it was a good show brad it was a good show i'm still proud of that show this guy's messing with it (laughs) fuck off so there was a fucking riot afterwards that's what happens in a good show You destroyed my livelihood. Look, yeah, mate, well, don't, care. don't care. Like, just whatever, whatever <laughs> mate, move on. Um, yeah. So that that yeah. So that hopefully answers your question, JD. That's three. That's something for each of you that made me go like, fuck. Okay, I'm just gonna have to roll with that. Um, so I I'm about ready to wrap this up. If you guys don't have anything else, um, um favorite moment from everybody for the last chapter. I want to know what everybody's favorite moment was. Drama wise for me, it was it was Oliver's choice. Um so we ended on a real like climactic high note, I th- I think. Uh, I felt very satisfied by that. Um I I do just as just a generic f- so just favorite favorite, I like w- what happened in the patch of audio that we lost, in which you first met Nio and you went and she took you to the boat and JD rolled a nat one on something and got chaos cursed into fighting Nio. I think, like, you, like, no, like hit Nio with your shit with your something. Didn't I hit Hodge? Oh, that's right. You it hit was Hodge. Hodge yeah. I had you to attacked Hodge, Hodge, and you felt really and like Arcus felt really bad about it. It was it was the sort of like like old yellow thing of like I'm sorry, but like hurting. <laughs> you know? yeah, I thought about was, this afterwards. And I think that it was just like, I know it was Chaos Curse, but I also think it was just internalized uh, anger that Arcus was holding on to from being pulled out yeah. of their <laughs> reality through with yeah. Hodge. And <laughs> like, <laughs> stab. Yeah, that's, that's terribly fair too. Uh, I really, really liked the battle on the boat. With the giant megalodon shark. That was very fun. And I also liked that there was the added challenge of us constantly being thrown into the water from the boat. Um, 
like yeah. that you, like you went out and you carried Marley back to the boat and then the boat got knocked and you both flew out. I was like, that was a waste of time. I also got to do walk on water. It was it was a great and then and then uh Bamfor fought the shark and punched out a tooth or something. I don't Marley know. It was a great drowned, battle. Like <laughs> it was intense. Right, Nio was screaming the whole time. Um It was good. I liked it yeah, a it lot. It was good. I liked I liked that we got to kind of escape it for a little bit <laughs> with the wind and then it caught up to us. Yeah, you got three minutes of rest. Three minutes of rest. That's all you need sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a good season, I think. Um, I really liked the orc camp. That was fun. And then the boat was good. Um, watching everyone hate Naya was really fun. <laughs> uh, and then, like, not even joining it. Like, I honestly have no, no, like, no, it's fine, I guess. Fine. Um, <laughs> it's just really Five nice having, like, like, just having, like, a wound sponge around. <laughs> yeah. that, like, nobody has an invested interest in. But then you can, like, <laughs> you can challenge that because if they're like, oh, we don't like you, but then you mistreat that person. Morally, they know that they have to run to their defense. <laughs> Even if they but don't personally, want to. They wish to make that an emotional defense. So See, I feel like you drove me to care about Nairo less. <laughs> I was way more invested to begin with. Cuts both ways. And then I was like, oh, this is just constantly being in danger. If I care about this, then I'm going to get stressed. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought I thought the ending was very good. Um, I enjoyed that very much. I thought it was very um, apropos. What about you, Jules? I think mine would be a tie between Hodge actually coming back because, you know, like I didn't – like I I I know I asked for that, but I didn't know what it was going to be like, and I didn't know how it was going to play. But Hodge is my boy, and it's awesome to have him. Um, and I like that I'm like I know Brad keeps letting me have him a bit more broken and being his own character, but I kind of want him to be my ranger companion and play like that, even though it means that he's sort of less powerful than he could be. But I like that kind of you know play style of it so i like that uh and then actually like you know like i've i've killed gillif twice now technically <laughs> but i like that i did it a second time it felt better do you know what i mean like the first time was in front of a audience of people and it was very i don't know it felt gross and dirty like and Bam Four helped and stuff and 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 that was fine, but like it didn't feel like a proper fight. It it wasn't a fight. She just that's stood what there I mean. Like it. it felt bad, uh, uh-uh. and so it was nice to do it this time, and actually take her out together as a team in a proper fight. Like where she was fighting back. I don't know. That was good. Felt good. Yeah, and then the ending. But like those are a couple of. My favorite bits, I think. Yeah. Cool. The um the last thing on my agenda is just asking uh, Oliver, just um, what you up to? What's yeah? What's life? What's, what's going on, Oliver? Because a lot of people are like, oh, so Oliver's next character should be like this, and then <laughs> they think it's just Bamfor that's left. Oh no, it's it's the whole uh, it's the whole me. 
Um, no, yeah, so for me, uh, I'm sort of trying with slightly increasing desperation to achieve a sort of more uh, balanced, I think, uh, life. Um, I find that a lot of what I run on is uh, creative energy or um, I, I just uh, find that there is a finite amount of me in a week. And given that I've committed myself to quite an intensive industry and committed myself to working for and on behalf of some parts of the community up here, there isn't unfortunately enough of me to really go around and for me to actually still be able to achieve some some semblance of um, <laughs> space and time for myself, yeah. Um, and so for me, Tuesdays nights were always something to look forward to, but I just felt that the moment it becomes a chore, then it's not going to be mm-hmm. what anyone wants it to be. Um, and f- at least for now, um, this had to be sort of put away for now. Because they're just, um, yeah, I was just running dry um, and arguably am still. But um, I think having one less thing on the plate um, is, is uh, the recipe for a slightly more well-rested and well-rounded me. And that's uh, something that I'm uh, fervently uh, trying to achieve. Yes. Yeah, and that's the, most, that's the most important thing is looking after your own mental health. All right. Yeah. So while Bamford takes some time out, so are you. Right. Mm. Cool. That what I do. <laughs> what I do. Um, right. That's that's us. That's chapter five. Uh, I'm going to, because I'm not going to bother recording an intro outro for this one. This one's just going to go up as it is. Oh, we're going um, for one more last joint. In, in, just, a, in just a moment. Oh, my God. But first, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to do a, a the Patreon supporter shout out that I do in every episode that you guys haven't heard me wrap my mouth around. Um, <laughs> oh God, say it again. Wiping dicks. Um, <clears throat> I want it as a, as a little cuttable. <laughs> um, so of, of course, um, anyone who wants to get in touch with us can do that um, via our various socials. Uh, most platforms it's at fate of Ison. Um, as well as we are on Discord. You can find a link to that on our website, fadeofison.com, where there's also wiki stuff and fan art and cast profiles and pictures of our beautiful and, in some of our cases, not that beautiful faces. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, also we couldn't make the show or we couldn't um, pay for the show without the uh, support from our amazing Patreon supporters um, who are, yeah, um <laughs> who are I, I always try and do this in one breath but uh, it's it's getting harder and harder every time um <clears throat> brad do you know the things you say <laughs> <laughs> like, i can't wrap Bye. my mouth around it and he has I, to do it i try and do it one breath, and he also has to do it for the first time, time with like people watching uh he doesn't normally do this with people watching so <laughs> All right, Brad, you've um, got this. We believe yes. in you. You can our, do it. Go. <laughs> awesome do it. Patreon supporters um, who are Alex White Robinson, person who wants to stay anonymous, Robert Baldino from Not Quite Heroes Podcast, Irene Cucci, Laura Christine Goodwin and Jace Blyces from Wheel of Woe Podcast, Sajay Hodgkins, Laura Douglas, Mel Ziegler, Roger Afmata, Sam Malcolm from Table Tales, Kydra Faust, Lauren Flake, Kai Deal, Ariana Kavalthic, Kevin Swift from The Dice Cult, Ben Edwards, Victorian Gavin Porter, Daniel Nichols from Happy Go Lucky Podcast, KP Squished, Alexandra Litkites, and Andrew Evans. Woo! Good 
Damn it. <laughs> one fuck in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I meant Kai Dealove, not Kai Oh Fuck Dealove. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. Clear bread. I feel like. Sorry, Kai. No, I feel like Kai's <laughs> going to be stoked that that was their name. <laughs> yeah, and if, if anyone else wants to show some support uh, or love for the show, um, yeah, you can check out patreon.com slash fadeofison or just go and write us a nice review somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Apple Podcasts or Podbean or Podchaser. Yeah. Or tell your friends about our show. Yeah, if you That's join the um, Patreon, you get all of the extra snippets. Marley just posted the full-length Cure Wounds song as a Patreon bonus. It's all three minutes of Cure Wounds, which doesn't fit in a six-second turn. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, but yeah, that's it. And um, we we're going to end with uh, one last as a big group um, uh, thing that we do. Okay, are we ready? One, <laughs> it's going to be so two, bad. Two, three, and, and that's the end of the Hey, look, that ends season. <laughs> that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye to our fadies. I love you, fadies. Thank you all for coming. You're a wonderful, wonderful pack of nerds. (laughs) 